All right, you guys ready to dive into God's Word? Yeah. Pretty pumped. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Mark chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today. The Gospel of Mark chapter 1. And we are beginning a brand new series. It's called Follow Me. What it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And uh, I just couldn't be more excited today to invite you into the adventure of following Jesus Christ. You know, there are so many people today that are missing out on the adventure of following Jesus Christ. Even people who call themselves Christians. I don't know if you knew this, but um, about 75% of the people in the United States claim to be a Christian. Did you guys know that? About 75% of people in the United States claim to be a Christian. And yet, even many of those who claim to be Christians are not living in it. They're not experiencing it. They're not on the adventure of saying yes to Jesus Christ every single day. And that's what we want to talk about. It's the adventure of following Jesus. Well, so many people today, as I mentioned, 75% call themselves Christians. But it's very interesting because if you look at the New Testament... Those earliest followers of Jesus didn't. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like, we're all calling ourselves Christians today, but you go back to the New Testament and they didn't. Like, hold on. I thought they called themselves Christians and that's why we call ourselves Christians today. No. Let me go back and show you why we are called Christians. Check out Acts 11.26. Put it up on the screen for you. Here's what it says. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that kind of crazy? We didn't call ourselves Christians. It was people outside of the church who first called us Christians. How crazy is that? Do you guys know what the word Christian means? It means little Christ. So people, this is crazy, people outside of the church saw people who were following Jesus and they said, oh, little Christ, Christians. They saw Christ in us and they called us Christians. Wouldn't wouldn't that be amazing if the world was doing that today? Wouldn't that be a good thing? But we weren't calling ourselves Christians, were we? We were called Christians. What did we call ourselves? What does it say? Help me out. Disciples. In Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So we didn't call ourselves Christians. We were disciples. And if you look at the New Testament, the word Christian just shows up three times. In the entire New Testament, the word Christian shows up three times. But the term disciple is used 269 times. So let me just ask you a question. What's more important, being a Christian or being a disciple? What do you guys think? Yeah. See, Jesus, I know this sounds crazy, and if you're a Christian and call yourself a Christian, I do too, praise God, that's awesome. But Jesus isn't after Christians. He's after disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus. I guess the question is, what is a disciple? 
And that's what I want to look at today. And to help us answer that question, I want to go back to the moment in Mark chapter 1 where Jesus calls his very first disciples. Isn't that interesting? Jesus isn't calling Christians, he's calling disciples. And he calls his very first disciples. And as we look at that story, we're going to begin to understand just what we're talking about in this series. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? It's a very important question, right? This is the heart of Christianity. Discipleship to Jesus. What is a disciple of Jesus? So that's what we're going to look at today. I want to answer that question. Hopefully when you leave here today, if somebody says, what's a disciple? You can go, oh, I know exactly what a disciple is. And you can share what a disciple of Jesus is. So let's check out this amazing passage. Mark 1.16, Jesus calls his first disciples. And this is what it says. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men at once. Other translations say immediately. They left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little further, He saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. Check this out. They left their father in the boat. (laughs) With the hired men. And they followed him. Let me show you what happens in the next chapter when Jesus calls a guy named Matthew. It's It's the same. Mark 2, 13 through 14 put it up on the screen. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax collector's booth. People didn't like tax collectors. We don't like them today. But yet Jesus looks at him and he says, follow me. Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. That's what it's about, guys. Let's pray and we'll dive in. Jesus, thanks for today. Thank you that we get to be here and um, you've promised to meet with us. So I just ask that your Holy Spirit would come and, and I just pray in our hearts today that we would begin to hear those words echoing in our own souls. Come, follow me, come. Surrender your life to me. Jesus, we don't want to just wear a label on our shirt. We want a lifestyle just like these early disciples have so had. So help us, God, today as we read these stories. Change our hearts, change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So really just looking at this question, if it's, Jesus really isn't after Christians, he's after disciples, what is a disciple of Jesus? And we're going to look at this story, pick out three things. A disciple is really three things. Number one, very simply, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. And that's it. That's the invitation of Christianity. Come, follow me, Jesus said. It's not about organized religion. It's not about a building. It's not about growing up with certain beliefs or even just being a good person. It's not about any of those things. A disciple is someone who says, I want to follow Jesus. That's a disciple. It's very simple. What does that look like? I think our story gives us a great picture 
of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. We've got some ordinary people on an ordinary day. Could have been you at work or at school. We've got some, some guys who are fishing. Just another day out on the lake fishing. You've got a tax collector. It's just another day collecting taxes. And Jesus shows up and he says, come, follow me. At once it says, immediately nets are left on the ground. A father is left in a boat by his two sons. Matthew walks away from a table full of coins. It follows Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Imagine Jesus shows up at your work, your school. Imagine he just shows up at your house, dinner time. Hey, come follow me. He's like, see ya. And Jesus shows up. Hey, the guy didn't even finish his sermon at church today. What? Let me ask you a question. When Jesus showed up at that lake, he said, come, follow me. Do you think any of those disciples had any idea where he was going to lead them? Nope. They had no idea where that journey was going to lead. Do you think they had all the answers? Do you think they had everything figured out? No. But they knew who Jesus was. And to follow him was the adventure of a lifetime. We're talking about, we talk about Jesus, we're talking about a man who shows up and says three words, come, follow me. And people get up and they follow him. That's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus is. Years ago, my wife and I took a, a trip to the island of St. Lucia in the Caribbean. And uh, it was a beautiful place. It was to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. When we got there, we had a little bit of a change of plans because I found out that 15 minutes from our hotel was docked a pirate ship. <laughs> Literally, one of the pirate ships used in the filming of the Pirates of the Caribbean was just down the road. Yeah, I know, it was like anniversary, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Talking to pirate ship. I didn't care where that ship was going. I didn't care who was riding on it. I wanted to be on that pirate ship. I'm talking pirates, tattoos, sword fights, cannon blasts, walking the plank. All of that. It was the adventure of a lifetime. I actually brought a picture. I'm just a babe there. <laughs> I got my Jack Sparrow tattoo on my arm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is the Brig Unicorn, um, also the Henrietta in Curse of the Black Pearl, and Terrasaw in Dead Man's Chest, and our world's in. But guys, as amazing as that adventure was, it pales in comparison to the joy and the adventure of following Jesus Christ. And I've experienced that. We can take that off. That's a, <laughs> it's amazing what 10 years does. <laughs> But you don't say yes to an adventure like that without saying no to some other things, right? But guys, it's Jesus. And today, that's what Jesus is saying to every one of us here today. He's saying, come, follow me. And Jesus is offering us himself today. He's offering us his life. Guys, this is a life that is, is extraordinary. It's miraculous. It's a life of edge on your, of your seat faith. 
As you're saying each and every day, what's next, Jesus? What are you going to do in my life? We don't know where Jesus is going to lead us, but we know who we're with. And today, that's what Jesus is offering you. It's a life so big, people literally dropped everything to follow him. And that's what he's offering you. It's yours for the taking. For anyone who wants to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. But here's the thing. He gets to lead, and you don't always know where you're going. But you're with Jesus. And that's, what's so, that's the adventure of it. And that's what he's inviting us into today. It's what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. There's no greater adventure than following Jesus. Number two, a disciple is someone who fishes for people. We heard that in our story. Jesus said, come. You can put the scripture up there. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. So take this in. We're going to follow Jesus and he's going to make us into something. Does that make sense? He's going to do a work of transformation in our heart and in our life. We're going to follow him. We're not going to know how to do something exactly, but he's going to show us. He's going to make us. He's going to transform us into something. A fisher of men. I don't know, do we have any serious fishermen in the room today? Okay, good. So I can pretty much say (laughs) anything. (laughs) I'm not a serious fisherman. I remember as a young kid going fishing with my great, great grandpa. He loved to fish. And a few times, like, he'd take me out on the lake. And it was lake fishing. So it's like you toss it out there and you just sit. Not like the most exciting thing. Um, but I remember vividly one time, I was with my great-grandpa. He caught a bunch of fish, and we took them back to his house. And he starts taking the scales off. He guts them. And then he does something that, as a child, was completely disturbing. He starts popping out the fish eyes. And, and he gets this whole Ziploc bag full of fish eyes. And and one day, I remember, he hands this to me, and I went home with a bag of fish eyes. And I'm thinking, what kind of man is this? Well, I was telling this story to a friend of mine who actually fishes. And he's like, like, dude, dude, you just need to relax about your great-grandpa, okay? Because fish eyes actually make great fish bait. That's weird to me. But I was relieved to realize my grandpa wasn't some sicko. He was just a really great fisherman. But here's what I know about fishing. It's not very good for the fish. It's just not good. Popping fish eye. Okay. Is that what Jesus is asking us to do? Fish for people. Hook them. Reel them into our religion. You know, roast them over the fires of hell. Bait them into coming to our church. Hey, for Christmas this year, we're giving away free iPads. Invite your friends. Is that what this is about? No. No, (laughs) A lot of that's just 
kind of a sick side of Christianity. And that's not Jesus. Here's what I realized, because I found myself, is that what Jesus is that fish for people? That doesn't sound very good for fish. And then I realized, it's not fish that are in the water. It's people who are in the water, isn't it? There's a great, there's a story I heard a few years ago about this guy. And um, you never want to be that guy that ends up on the news. But this guy um, in Jacksonville, Florida, he decides to go swimming in the ocean at 11 o'clock at night. So he goes swimming in the ocean, and the current that night was so strong, it swept him out to sea. Well, he spent the entire night in the ocean treading water. Could you imagine pitch black, dark, not being able to get back to the shore, just treading water in the middle of the ocean? That was what this guy was going through. Until 11.30 the next morning, almost 12 hours later, some fishermen showed up. Do you think those fishermen were good news? Yeah. In a world that is full of bad news, we have the opportunity to invite people into the good news of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we get to draw people separated from God into the life of the kingdom. Just like Jesus reached out to us when we were in the darkness, when we were in the water, and he lifted us out, hallelujah, we get to do that for some other people. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. It's an invitation to bring the people around us with us on this amazing adventure of following Jesus Christ. And in a world full of bad news, there's nothing more beautiful and amazing than the good news of Jesus Christ. A Savior who died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, and is bringing a kingdom of righteousness, joy, and peace. I think we live in a world that could use a little bit more righteousness, joy, and peace. And that's what he's inviting us into today. But I love, I love Jesus, and I love what he does here. Because he's, he's talking to some fishermen. And he says, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Isn't that interesting? He's talking to fishermen, he says, I'll make you fishers of men. He's actually challenging them to think differently about what they do every day. Isn't that kind of interesting? It's like, I want you to think differently about what you do every day. You're not just fishermen, you're bringing people into the kingdom. And I think that's the paradigm shift that Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants you to think differently about where God has placed you and what you do every day. You're not just mom-mom or pop-pop. You're bringing people into the kingdom. You're not just a, a student in middle school or high school. You're bringing people into the kingdom. You're not just a coach. You're not just somebody who works on the third floor of an office building. Jesus has placed you there to draw people into the life of God's kingdom. And he's saying, I want you to think differently about what you do every single day because you have a pond. We say where you live, where you work, where you play, there are people there who have yet to know Jesus Christ. Just this week, I, I discovered a new part of my pond. My daughter went off to kindergarten, and now I'm at a bus stop. 
and I'm meeting parents, I'm meeting kids. That's not an accident. Because God has placed me there to help some other people experience the kingdom of God. And it's as simple as saying hi. It's as simple as hearing somebody's story. It's as simple as being a friend. That's who Jesus was. He was a friend of sinners. It's inviting someone over for a meal. How can I love someone, serve someone, touch someone's life in a way where the kingdom of God becomes tangible for them? And that's what Tangible Kingdom is all about. But I love it because Jesus says, follow me and I'll show you how to do this. There's a transformation I want to do in your life. And if you follow Jesus, he's going to show you how to give your life away so that other people can come to know God. And it's such a beautiful thing. And that's what we get to do as followers of Jesus Christ. So follower, a disciple, it's two things. Easy to remember. Follows Jesus, fishes for people. Last one. A disciple is someone who's in fellowship with other disciples. Fellowship, that's kind of a Christian word. Um, it works with the follow, the fish, fellowship. It's easy to remember. What's fellowship? That's our relational connectedness with other believers in Jesus. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're going to be in the fellowship hall this morning. Fellowship's not just a hall in the church basement, but it's really the connectedness we have as part of the family of God. And Jesus says, you're going to follow me. You're going to be in fellowship with some other disciples. That's what we see in our story. Take a look at Mark again. Mark 1.17. Jesus says, come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. So we've got the follow, we got the fish. And then it says, at once they left their nets and they followed him. And so the call goes out, come, follow me. And every one of us in this room has to answer that call. A call has gone out to every one of us. By Jesus, come, follow me. And every one of us has to answer that call. And listen, that decision is not your wife's. It is not your husband's. It is not your mom's or your dad's. It's not your pastor's or your youth pastor's. This decision to follow Jesus is a decision that you and you alone must make. Come, follow me. And so we make the decision to follow Jesus Christ alone. Though none follow, I will follow. We make the decision alone. But here's what's amazing. When you make that decision to follow Jesus Christ, you are never alone. You become a part of a they. They left their nets and they followed him. Isn't that amazing? They became a part of a community, a family on mission, a body, a member of the body of Christ. Chapter later, Jesus calls Matthew. And when Jesus calls Matthew to follow him, he has to follow along with Simon and Andrew and James and John. He isn't given the option of following Jesus alone, is he? But he's invited to follow in this community of believers. And we are not given that option to follow Jesus alone either. I saw a study by Lifeway. Um, they reported a mind-boggling 65% of churchgoers agree with this statement. I can walk with God.
without other believers. We may not say that, but we may be saying that with the way we live our life. Guys, Matthew wasn't given that option, and neither are you. We cannot follow Jesus alone. Matthew wasn't given that option, and neither are we. See, a disciple is someone in fellowship with other disciples. It's what it means to follow Jesus Christ. You become a part of a they. They left their nets. They followed him together. It's amazing. It's incredible. You might remember in John chapter 13, Jesus says, By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. How will the world know that you're a disciple of Jesus? Oh, that's, I, I, I call myself a Christian. No. Social media posts. No. Put your political affiliation. No. None of that. Jesus says, by this, the world will know you're my disciples. By your what? Love for one another. And he's talking about our love for other believers. And love cannot exist where relationship doesn't exist. And it's not just love one another. There are 50, not, 59 times in the New Testament the word one another is used. Love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, serve one another, greet one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens. There's not a single one another in the New Testament that you can do by yourself. And there's 59 of those. We have been given these, these incredible gifts. We have the word of God. Word of God is living and active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. And yet even with the Word of God and the Spirit of God, by ourselves, we struggle to make changes in our life. We struggle to break old habits and to begin new habits. And the missing element in your transformation is a community of believers around you who's loving you, supporting you, you, encouraging you, challenging you, and spurring you on. In fact, when Jesus started his ministry, the very first thing he did was start a small group. And if you want to experience transformation in your life, you need two things. A daily quiet time and a weekly small group. You need to be a part of a small group. You need to be in fellowship with other believers. We were not meant to do this alone. That's why Jesus calls us the body of Christ. If I cut off my finger and I leave it alone, that finger is not going to survive. We need one another. And so this is it, guys. This is what a disciple is. This is what life is about. We're following Jesus. We're fishing for people. And we're fellowshipping with other believers. That's the basic Christian life. And so I want to challenge you today as we wrap up. There is no greater adventure than saying yes to Jesus Christ. Change your life. It's a life so big, people drop everything to follow him. Get a community, a life of impact. And so I just want to challenge you today. Are you a Christian or are you a disciple of Jesus? Maybe you're both. But the question is, is this just a label for you or is this a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ every single day. As a wrap-up, I just want to tell you a story. Um, there's a, an amazing story of how our church started. 
40 years ago, some guys in our church were approached by their local pastor, and he handed them a book in a paper bag. Huh? <laughs> kind of crazy, right? Handing him a book in a paper bag. And he says, read this book. I want you to come back and let me know what you think. The name of the book was called Disciple. And from that book, a group started to meet on Sunday afternoons in the church basement. Those who read that book were inspired to give their lives wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ. And even as that pastor transitioned out of that church and people transitioned out of that church, that group on Sunday afternoon continued to meet. And it grew. And eventually that group turned into Family Bible Church, which eventually turned into Hope Community Church. But guys, this whole church started with a book in a brown paper bag about being a disciple of Jesus. Isn't that crazy? And today... 40 years later. The generation in the Bible is 40 years. And we don't have a book in a brown paper bag, but I'm telling you, we have a book in a brown paper cover. <laughs> this book is just as radical. It's just as life-transforming. And I, I promise you, it is going to stretch you to follow Jesus in a way that you have never been challenged and stretched before in your life. And if we give our lives wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ together, I believe that could be the very foundation of what and of the future of this church. Imagine what God could do with a hundred people who are wholeheartedly following him. Isn't that an amazing thought? So that's what I want to invite you into. And today is a big day. We're trying to put these groups together for tangible kingdom and I just want to ask you, again, sign up. Be a part of what God is doing at Hope Community Church. Um, right after church, we're going to dismiss in a few minutes. We're going to have food downstairs. You know, thank you for our team that's putting that together, and please thank them. But Steph and I are going to be out in the conference room, and we're going to have a table where you can go and you can sign up if you still haven't signed up. You can get a workbook if you still haven't um, sign up for a workbook. It's $10. Um, and it's an opportunity for you to experience transformation. So get a workbook, but I also want to encourage you, as much as you can, be a part of a group. We cannot do this alone. We need one another. Even if it's just doing it with your family, or maybe there's someone else you can connect with, let's do this in community. And let's see what God will do in our heart and in our life. So that's the invitation. Come, follow me. That's it. It's not about a church. It's not about a program. It's not about anything else. We just want to say yes to the invitation of following Jesus. And I'll tell you, there's nothing greater you can give your life to. So let's pray. God, thanks for this morning and this invitation to follow you. We don't always know where you're going to lead, but we know who we're with. Your Savior. You conquered the grave. You rose from the dead victoriously. 
So we may not know our story, but we know who's leading our story. And so today we just say yes, once again, to the journey of following you. Lord, I just ask if there's any fear or, or whatever pride there might be or any obstacles in our hearts that are hindering us from surrendering our life to you today, God, I just ask that you would lead us, that you would draw us into a kingdom that is tangible, a kingdom of righteousness, joy, and peace. And we say yes once again. I choose Jesus. I choose faith. I choose hope. I choose a life of impact and influence. And God, that's just my prayer for every person here today. Use us. Use this church. Impact this community. And we ask that in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Let's stand.